This is Wetlock, my true unscripted chronicles as a prison wife. Join me on my journey as I bring you crazy stories, informative facts, updates on my husband, advice from my family and friends, and special guests giving their true life stories on the prison system. This is not your average love story. Welcome to Wetlock. Hey guys, welcome to episode seven. Thank you guys for tuning in and joining me today. I hope everyone is having a wonderful, wonderful day. Um, I want to jump into my topic of the day. And it is how to keep going on bad days. So my husband and I have had a few rough days, guys. And this is the first time I've been so upset that I didn't I even want to talk to him. And you all know how much I love my husband and what I go through when I don't talk to him. So feeling that way really, really had bothered me. Um, Him being on the 23-hour lockdown is really getting to him. And of course, I am getting the effects of it. Now... As you know, he was transferred about two weeks ago to the facility where um, he is designated to do his time. And within that, when he got there, they put them on this um, uh, quarantine for, I guess, 14 days or so. Um, And his spirits have been up and everything has been good. Everything has been positive. And I, I mean... I guess it's to be expected. You know, he's ready to come home. He's thinking about, you know, a lot of choices that he's made in life. And I can only imagine what the mind goes through, you know, being somewhere for that many hours. And that's really all that you have is your imagination. And so, um... It's just giving him too much time to think about uh, a lot of things. And it's it's, cre- it, it, it's creating issues, you know, it's creating trust issues for him, which we have never had. You know, I spoke about that on the last episode about how, you know, we don't even have trust issues. But I really think that because, you know, he's been basically at this point, even when he was in Atlanta, he was on a 23-hour lockdown. So we're talking about close to two months that he's been going back and forth with having to be on um, this lockdown. And I think he just cracked, guys. And, oh, my God, the last two days were, they were very, 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 very difficult I have never been mad at my husband before, um, besides like maybe little minor stuff here and there, but I really, um, I was mad. I was really mad at him. He was questioning, um, you know, the importance of his freedom in the eyes of myself and his family. And it's not because we're not doing everything we can, you know, as humanly possible, but because things aren't moving the way he wants them to, um, it's irritating him and he's just flat out ready to go so 
at that moment, at that time when he called me, it's just like he just burst. Um, and I just had to just listen, listen to him because what I have learned, like, it's really nothing that I could actually say in any, any logical, um, thinking any, any logical explanation or anything that I would, that I could have provided for him. He just, it just would have added on. It just would have been like fuel to fire. Um, and on top of the fact, he's just flat out ready to go. Like he's ready to go. You know, he's thinking about the time that he has to do, you know, um, and as I said before, we are fighting for an appeal during his sentencing. He was not giving all the points that he was supposed to get, which made the guidelines of his sentencing a lot higher than what we were told. And, um, he's missing points. And without these points, it's going to make him do more time than what he's supposed to do. And so now we're in the process of doing this appeal so he can get the points that he's supposed to get. And for whatever reason, guys, if he doesn't see those points, it's as if it's, I mean, it's if time is standing still, like the points are very important. Yes. It will cut his time down. Yes. But he's still going to have to do time. And for whatever reason, my husband right now is not looking at it like that. He wants those points. He wants to see it on paper. He wants to see the numbers on paper. And I get it. I mean, you know, like I told him, you know, you're the one doing the time. So I can only imagine what you're feeling and what you're going through. Um, But he just, oh my God, guys, the last two days have just, it, it was, it was, it was a lot. So I had to question myself, you know, how, how do you keep going on days when you're upset, hurt by the accusations, questioning, you know, question your willpower and feeling helpless because you know, it's really bigger than you. And I really like had to reach out, you know, to my sister. I had to reach out to my best friend because I was really upset. Like I have never, like I said, I have never ever um experienced my husband like this. So it it just had me like, what the fuck? Like I haven't done nothing to him. I haven't done nothing wrong. You know, and the littlest things I was saying, he was dissecting, picking apart, thinking I'm saying this, thinking I'm saying that. And I'm like, my God, so we're going to spend the 15 minutes that we have going back and forth about nothing, guys. It was really about nothing. And I was just like, oh, my God, like his mental health is, is, is being traumatized, you know? Um, and so we got through it. Yes, we got through it. We, we did get through it, but, um, those two days was, was really rough. I just, I, I've never experienced that with him before. And, um, after talking to my sister, you know, she was like, you know, you guys are married, you know, it's for, um, better or for worse, sickness and health. You got to understand, you know, mentally what he's going through. Um, 
you got to just be there for him. You got to support him and just understand like it's, it's coming from a, a place, you know, where it's, it's paranoia. A lot of things are, are, are playing on him, you know, and that was pretty much what my best friend said too. You know, she, she went back into the advice that she gave me on, um, one of the bonus episodes about, you know, just being supportive and just understanding that everything is going to be okay. And also knowing like this will not be the last time that this actually happens. So this was a new, um, this was a new, this was a new ride for me on this journey right here. This, this really was. And I, I promise you guys, I was so upset. I didn't even want to talk to him because I didn't want to argue. I didn't want to go back and forth because that's for me and my personality. That's not who I am, you know, and I have a, I'm a runner. I'm a runner. I have a habit of leaving a situation, any situation that I feel like becomes suffocating or becomes too much or is too, too much drama. And I love my husband. So there's no way like I could turn my back on him or do that. So I really had to figure out like how do I actually maneuver through something like this where it won't bother me because I still have to keep going I still have to wake up every day I still got to make it happen you know I still got to run a business I still have to make sure you know that I'm good mentally and um I had to really sit down and think about that because even one of my friends asked me so do you think you're going to be okay to do the podcast, you know, with being upset like this? And I'm like, of course, like this is my journey and I owe it to my subscribers. I owe it to the listeners to give them exactly what I said I was going to give them. The Chronicles, you know, unscripted, raw and real. So I was not going to pretend like, oh, everything is, you know, peaches and cream and all this kind of stuff. Because now I do know everything I say about my husband is love. Everything that we experience is wonderful. Like, I really don't have bad stories um, to 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 tell right now. Like, I this this journey has not been a hard one um, when it comes to me and him it hasn't been a rough one when it comes to you know me and him so I was really like wow this is our first down now the the miscommunications we probably had in the past and you know the little hiccups here and there a couple of roadblocks I really don't consider those downs I consider those growing pains because those are the issues that we had to iron out with us coming together, but having separate lives at one point. This right here was a down to me because it it just, it made me feel like I was, I wasn't hurt. I wasn't sad. I was mad and I was confused and I wanted it to stop. I kept saying to him, please, let's not do this. Don't, don't, don't do this to us. You know, I love you. You know, I'm always talking about how much I love you, how much you love me. You know, the, the, the connection we have and 
then this happens. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? But I had to realize that if I sat in my bathroom for 23 hours and I only was able to come out for 45 minutes get a glimpse of a happy place when I talk to my spouse and then have to return back into that bathroom. Um, mentally, everything imaginable is going to come to my mind. You know, I'm probably going to be thinking he cheating. I'm probably going to be thinking, you know, he not moving fast enough for me because he want me to be here. Like everything possible would wreck my brain and that's what he that's exactly what he was going through and so what I realized was a few things that I had to put in play for myself when these days happen is I definitely um pull to my friends and my family for advice, you know. Um, I do understand that people see things from a different perspective when they're on the outside. And so I'm always a person that is up for advice, um, um, criticism. Uh, I mean, any anything, you know, I'm up for it because of the fact that um, I'm a realist. I'm a realist. I know I'm not perfect. I know my way of thinking might be off. And sometimes I do need for somebody on the outside to look on the inside and just kind of case it for me and, and, and see what I don't see, you know, and that does help me and bring some type of understanding sometimes. So I, I definitely know leaning on my family and my friends does help. Um, Another thing that you know, I said that I was going to practice was trying to bring the energy back between me and him. So I kept giving him affirmations of love, you know, no matter what, I just still kept saying, I love you. You know, we're going to get through this. I love you. Um, you know, everything is going to be okay. You know, I love you. You know, we're going to pray about it. So I continuously, no matter what was going on, I would just continuously give him those those affirmations. Um, and even to myself, you know, like my best friend said, you know, it's going to be okay. And I had to keep telling myself, like, everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. I mean, it really got to the point that even yesterday, I was like, well, you know, he maybe he won't call today, you know, because the past two days were really thick for us. Um, also, um to stop and take a deep breath and, and focus on the love, um, you know, remembering the vows and the understanding, um, and the bigger picture. And that was one of the main things I really had to do. I really had to breathe and just focus on the love. Like I love my husband and I know he loves me. And we have this thing where, like I said, we don't dwell in the bullshit. We don't dwell in the drama. So I figured our bounce back was going to come. And I just kept focusing on that and focusing on the good stuff, you know, instead of allowing that negative energy to really affect me. Because again, 
how my energy is, he will pick up on that. So if he called me and I'm still in my feelings about the past two days and I'm aggressive or I'm nonchalant, it's going to keep going, which means that everything he was thinking about, now he's going to have reasons to go back into his mind and say, oh yeah, you know what? She said this, so she probably is doing this. So I had to just take a deep breath and focus on the love and focus on the vows. I mean, for better or worse, sickness and health. And right now his health, mental is what's important. Um, and no matter what, no matter what we go through, I still have to be my husband's voice, period. Like I cannot stop moving to help him through this situation, to make sure that his paperwork is done, to make sure that, you know, his appeal is taken care of, to make sure that whatever he needs for me to send him is being sent. Like I still have to be his voice. I still have to be his comfort no matter what. I can't I can't fold. Like I cannot fold because outside of my marriage, my husband is my friend. And I would never take out me being upset or something that we're going through on him in a way of get back or revenge or something like that. That is totally not the person that I am. So I still have to you know, be his voice and continue to move, move forward. No matter how I feel, how angry I am, him coming home, him being free is bigger than me. It's bigger than me because he has children. It's bigger than me because he has parents that are still here. It's bigger than me because he got nieces and nephews that need him, sisters and brothers that miss him. So outside of that, it's definitely bigger. Um, then I have to ask myself, is it worth it? Like, can I just, can I handle these days? Can I maneuver through these days with the understanding? I have to assess the entire, entire situation and realize a few things. You know, I have to ask myself, is it worth it? Can I handle these days? Um, Understanding that there'll be more days like this and, and knowing that things will work out. So I have to sit back and I have to take a personal assessment and ask myself, you know, I, we just had a down. Will I be able to endure another one? Will I be able to handle another one? Um, what if this one is worse? What if it comes to a fact where we don't talk for a few days? Am I going to be okay with that? I mean, I can't pull up on them. You know, I can't call them on the phone a thousand times. I mean, I'm definitely not going to do that. But still, I can't. I have to be okay with him possibly not contacting me. So I have to sit and assess the situation. And of course, my answer is yes. Because our love can overcome whatever comes our way. And that's what I hold on to. I can't let the down get to me. I can't let it defeat me. Um, Because of the mental trauma. I have to put my boots on. I have to lace them up. And I have to soldier for him. Um, 
And I do understand it won't be easy, you know, facing times like this. But to me, my husband and my marriage is definitely worth it. Um, now, like I said, we got past it. We did get past it. And actually, it wasn't even nothing that was said. It just, when he called, his spirit was back to normal. And um, I was a little apprehensive when he called. So I did not really say too much. You know, I was kind of like waiting for the ball to drop again. But um, he felt my energy and he basically said babe you know you sound better today and I'm like I sound better because you sound better and you know and I explained to him that I understand you know that what he's going through mentally is hard and I can't imagine um but what he did say is that he prayed he prayed a lot because he understood that it's nothing that I did to him. You know, he was breaking. And I mean, anybody would. You know, my husband is a strong, strong man. He really is. Like, he is a strong man. And I know a lot of times, you know, in these episodes, I'm always telling you, oh, he loves me like this. He loves me like that. You know, and I'm always giving you these stories about how he's how he does these things to show me he loves me. And a lot of them are very, you know, soft and mushy and sentimental. But that's what a man does when he loves his wife, when he loves his woman. You know, he's going to break that hardness down for the woman that he loves. But don't mistake it. When I say these things, I'm not saying these things to make my husband seem like he's some soft ass man. Um, you know, where he's some emotional uh, man is just like a sucker for love or some shit like that. Never, never, ever, ever. And I don't want to mistake it or get it confused. My husband is a strong man. He's a very strong man. Um, and he's a protector. And anybody under those conditions um, will go through that. I don't care how strong you are. That is why they try to tell you that your mind is is so powerful. You know, your mind can make you sick. Your mind can just bring on a lot of different things just by thinking, you know, and we have to be careful with that. And that's another reason why I continuously tell him that I don't care where his body is, but his mind is free. He can think about anything. He can travel anywhere with his mind. So when his mind is being tested, when it's going through some type of trauma, um, it's, it's, it's something that really cannot be controlled. I hate to say it. You can't control it when you're combined, when you're definitely confined. Um, there's no distractions. As I stated before in one of my episodes, there, there's no distractions. So, that was a hard one for us guys and again i you're on this journey with me and i wanted to share that with you because this was a down for me and again it's gonna be more times like this every girlfriend every fiance every wife every family member experiences this with someone incarcerated um they are depending on us out here So when things 
aren't going how they feel like they should go, you're going to get a lot of, you know, unappreciated (laughs) comments and feelings um, coming your way because for whatever reason, you know, it's almost like they feel like you you move the world you know you 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 control every single thing and they don't want to hear anything else outside of that so again i had to create some steps for myself um i had to reevaluate my my situation um you know my feelings and my emotions and my marriage and try to find how to really keep going when these bad days happen. I'm so not looking forward to having another one, but I know that they're going to come. You know, I know that they're going to come and I really, really would be lying to myself if I said that that was the first and the last time negative. So... I had to create some steps, guys. I really did. And I am hoping that my steps may help somebody, you know, try to figure out how to balance your bad days with your spouse, how to um, will it back, you know, how, how to navigate and control that narrative to come back to a positive, peaceful side. Because I definitely prayed for two days. I just wanted peace. I wanted peace with my husband. I did not like the way that felt. I did not like I was so mad. I did not even want to talk to him. Like I was really upset. But it was it was because, you know, he just he just blew. You know, and everything that he was saying just had had no substance. It wasn't true, but it was the way his his mind was playing on him. And um once I kind of grasped that, I just really had to understand, man, like I can't even blame him. I I can't even blame him. I can't even really stay mad at my husband anyway. But um that was a that was a down for us guys and I just wanted to share that with you because again, you're on my journey and my journey is going to consist of these times and hopefully again, as I said, it will be able to help somebody else who's going through this and just know that it's okay like it's okay to be mad at your spouse it's even okay if you don't want to talk to them and sometimes that could be best that could be best so that things could kind of just iron out a little bit you know i definitely know when you're upset sometimes and you take a few days those time out days gives you time to realize you know what you said what this other person said it wasn't that bad you know the love between us is worth way more than that so sometimes taking a cool down period is necessary but in my case in my case guys that would have been the worst for me because he's on a 23 hour hold so not talking to him just would have been like oh my gosh you know like no I wouldn't I I didn't want that to happen but I was upset to the point where if it would have happened in those two days I just would have been like screw it you know but I'm human I'm human. Those those were my emotions and 
we are okay now. We are okay now. I love my husband and I'm on this ride with him and we're going to get through it. You know, I don't have a problem sticking through him, sticking by him through this because again, this is a traumatic situation to the mental. Um, so yeah, guys, that is my topic of the day is how to get through the bad days and what I had to do. And guys, I am presently right now, I am working on my website for this podcast where you will be able to comment under each episode, you know, um, talk about it you know, give, give your thoughts on it, answer some questions. It'll be a little bit more direct than having to just shoot an email, um, or having to follow a link just to leave a message. So I'm working on the website so that, you know, we can actually have a discussion. If you want to talk about this, if you have some tips that you want to share, some advice that you want to share, you know, not just with me, with, but with other people, I'm definitely working on that. So that will be available by next week. And again, guys, thank you so much for um, joining me and tuning in. Again, I really, really appreciate it. As I told you on Sunday, I had reached my subscribers goal. So now my podcast um, is available to generate money and, you know, do promotions and ads and different things like that. So I am super excited about that, guys. Super, super excited. So, yes, guys, um, thank you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for tuning in to episode seven. And we are going to move this thing along. It is time for the meme of the day. So this one is kind of cute. It says, he is my knight in shining handcuffs. Now, as much as I hate to see my husband in handcuffs, um, especially during court, I can't stand seeing him escorted um, inside and outside of the court in handcuffs. I, I hate it, but I really thought this was cute because he is my knight in shining handcuffs, shining armor, he is the beast to my beauty. So I thought this was super, super cute because he is, he's Superman to me. Um, but that is the meme of the day, guys. And like I told you, if you want to check out the meme of the days, I post them on the social media pages, the Instagram, which is Wetlock Chronicles Podcast. And the Twitter is Wetlock Podcast. I also will be adding these to the website once it is done. But thank you. So that was the meme of the day, guys. Now it is time for my favorite part of these episodes, my husband's update. Okay, guys. So as you already know... (laughs) My husband had two bad days, but he is doing better. He is back in his good spirits. Um, prayer works, prayer works, guys, prayer works. And um, other than that, he's supposed to be coming off of this 23-hour lockdown as of today. 
But he also said that the jail now has like very serious um, spread of COVID. It's like all upstairs, I want to say that's what he said. And him being downstairs, you know, the people that are downstairs are not infected and not you know, dealing with the the, uh, COVID issues. But he did say that there's a possibility that they won't move them because of it. And I'm just really hoping that that's not the case. Now, I do understand for safety and for his health, definitely, if that's the measurements that they have to take to keep him from, you know, getting sick or coming in contact, then I'm all for it. He did mention something about they might move them into the gym or something like that. Whatever the case may be, I just want him to be able to move freely. I want him to be able to communicate with his family. I want him to be able to communicate with me more than just that one time and him just coming out for 45 minutes. Like, he needs to move around. They all need to move around at this point um, for for their mental for their mental. So I am hoping and I have my fingers crossed that when he does call me today, he will be telling me that they are, um, you know, moved somewhere else. But again, I support it if it's going to keep him safe and it's going to keep him healthy. But other than that, guys, he is okay. He's okay. We're okay. Um, He's back to, you know, his 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 norm we're back to our norm and you know it was our conversation was a love and peace yesterday so i'm just glad we we got past that situation and i just asked if you guys will continue to keep him in your prayers keep him uplifted and again i appreciate it he appreciates it very very much so we are going to continue with episode seven thank you so much again for joining me on this journey. It's story time, guys. Okay, now check this out, guys. So I mentioned to you in one of my previous episodes that me and my husband were actually reading books together. And my best friend, his niece, turned me on to um, Ashley Antoinette, the Ethic series. And oh my God, I love it. I love it. I, once again, (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and promote this lady, but I recommend you read it. It is good, but we um we we had our own little our own little book club, guys. So we read books together. Now I was moving kind of fast because the book the books were so good. I was like reading a book a day, and you know I kept lying to him like, no, no, I'm waiting, I'm waiting on you to catch up. And I was probably in a whole nother book at that point, but that was our thing that that was that was our thing we we read the whole entire series of ethic we wrote we wrote we read the whole entire series of butterfly um except he did not read the last one due to the fact that the actual author now 
is not allowing her most recent um, releases to be mailed to a prison or a jail. So I was unable to send it to him. So he's like one book behind and he wants me to tell it to him, but I want him to read it. Oh my God. I, I just want him to read it. But so in the process of us reading the ethic series, let me just tell y'all, it would be days when my husband, you would think was in this book. <laughs> like he was in the book. He was one of the characters because he would call me sometimes and be pissed off at stuff that was going on. Like, baby, can you believe such and such and such and such? Man, do you know? Oh my, I can't believe such. So he was so excited. Like every time he would finish one and new one was on the way, he would be so excited, guys, about just keeping up with this series because it was really, really good. But when I tell you... It's, it was moments in that book where I was like, babe, <laughs> what the hell? You know, he 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 had moments where he wanted to jump inside the book and handle some situations, okay? Because it, it, was, it was getting a little thick in them books. A lot of street stuff, a lot of, you know, love, a lot of, oh my God, it's just a really, really good series, guys. So we read this series and some days I would be wanting to burst trying to tell him what was going on because he hadn't read a certain part yet. And he'll be like, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. So that was our thing. That kind of gave us like something to experience together you know like I said I have tried to make him being in prison um as outside as I could make it you know to keep his mind distracted I have tried to create you know memories for us where it's not just about you know, the phone calls and the writing letters and stuff like that. I just wanted to have moments, you know, just, just us having moments. And our moment was reading this series. So well, these two series is together and he loved it guys. He really, really did love it. Um, now <laughs> the, the intimate and, and, and sex scenes of the book would just, have us on 10 okay like it slick was porn almost i mean just this you know you're reading books everything is so descriptive you know it's all the way down to the details so yeah it was moments where i was sending him messages like so um what's up <laughs> but oh yeah and he was definitely sending me messages like that too but it was a good good series and so when we would have those little moments those little heated moments between us are um just tripping off the book itself the author would call it the ethic effect when you read this book you know it might cause the ethic effect so we start saying the same thing the ethic effect 
you know, oh, you feeling the ethic effect and stuff like that. So that was our little thing, like our little cold word, you know, when when we done read some kind of scene or something and you know, we 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 feeling this scene, you know what I mean? And and and, and we're trying to uh talk about creating these <laughs> these scenes. The ethic effect kinda had me going. But um that was about those those were our moments those were our moments and um it gave us the opportunity to kind of channel um channel through other people you know what I'm saying put us in these characters put us in their homes put us in you know their restaurants and going to dinner and how we would have you know did this or what we would have ate you know definitely put us in the bedroom and you know just it gave us a door to walk through to even get to know each other even in a sexual way you know of of what what this what we like what we didn't like you know well you know well he did this you know it just it just gave us another door to walk through our imagination together and experience that so it was really dope. Like it was, it was really, really dope. And I really, really was impressed that my husband has actually read a lot, a lot of books, guys. Like he really has, like he's read books to the point where he could tell me, um, what chapter and which page on some of the books that I've read. Like, of course, 48 laws of power, um, the the art of seduction like my husband could literally say go check out page such and such and such and such you know so I was really impressed that um he had read a lot of books and and not even that he read a lot of books but the fact that it was like we did it together you know you you I do a lot of stuff with my best friend we read a lot of stuff together you know we watch power we get on the phone we have our uh, recap the next day you know we get in our gossip situation where we you know we dissecting the scenes and talking about what happened who do it who looked crazy who did this who did that and me and my husband for us to have that as well it was just super dope to me that's why I said it's like he is like my bonus best friend because we had those moments and it just gave us life within the prison system behind those walls we were creating a life outside and I just I loved it like I loved it I loved sending him books um I loved him calling me telling me babe oh such and such ain't no joker babe you know such and such did such and such or oh this nigga tripping and you know it was as if we was watching a movie and I really enjoyed it and I cannot wait till we get back to um being able to do that like I really um I have you know I have read a few books since then or whatever but it's almost like I want to share that with him you know so I can't wait till he gets to where he needs to be and he's able to move around and I can start just really talking to him because that was really a great thing for us um it just it really kept him mentally stimulated it kept him occupied it kept him looking forward to something and even guys when he would have days where he would 
you know, feel some type of way because it's normal. You know, you get to missing your family, you get to missing your kids. You know, he's had a few traumatic situations to happen, you know, to to, to his loved ones while he while he's been in there. So some days to just go read a book and jump into somebody else's life as an escape for a minute. Um, he definitely needed that. He definitely needed that. And I was just really glad that I was able to, um, assist him in that and, and be a part of that. So yes, guys, me and my husband was experiencing that experiencing the ethic effect. Okay. Like I have never been a phone sex person i'm just gonna put that out there i'm just gonna throw that out there real quick again this this is a whole other topic i'm gonna have to explore never have been um i am just a (laughs) weird um non-emotional person sometimes and so i be kind of like dry like when i say dry i mean you sometimes I don't really have like that much excitement in my tone like I don't you know it's just kind of like even tone sometimes so I just I don't know like the the phone sex thing to me I never could get into because I couldn't first of all I'm not a talker I am not a talker you can't be on there telling me tell me what you want me to do like I am not a talker like I will literally be done ignored you or told you, please shut up. Like, I'm not a talker. So I've never really been into it because I just felt like, oh, my God, like, I don't, I could never, I could never get into getting excited or getting turned on, like, through the phone. And, and it would just come off fake. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm not into it, but the person on the other end is into it. So now I'm just sounding so boring and so fake. Oh my God. So it has never, ever, ever been my thing. I I mean, that's about the best way I can explain it. But with my husband, it's I'm totally different. <laughs> like, again, our connection our connection is something beautiful and it is different and when I tell you that for the first time at 43 almost 44 years old um I have experienced the best phone sex ever in my life um and I know it comes because I love my husband but it's just he he literally again listen to me he listened to me and he took control okay she don't like to talk I got this you know what I'm saying I don't like like he didn't he didn't try to make me seem like less than a woman or didn't try to make me seem like you know oh you boring you know you don't want to talk like he he didn't do that to me and I have had those experiences with 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 other relationships where they turned it into because if it's not something that I like or something I'm not good at or something I don't I'm not really into it it turns around and it and you know they try to make it into something about you as a woman and nobody wants to feel like that so you know and and I'm totally against that shit I'm not with that like you're not going to try to make me feel less than because I can't get into what you're into. It just ain't meant for me and you. You know what I'm saying? And again, which brings me to 
all of the things that led me up to here. It wasn't meant for me because it was meant for my husband. See, my husband gets to actually experience first things with me. And I'm happy about that. He's happy about that. So the ethic effect definitely had us. It affected. <laughs> it affected. And um, I mean, it was, it gets real. It, it gets real, honey. Yes, it gets real. Excuse me for, you know, I damn sure hope my mama, my aunties and all them ain't listening. But if you guys are, hey, I am grown. And unfortunately, <laughs> this is my journey. And um, the ethic effect is part of it. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So um, the ethic effect is... um. Is amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. But outside of that part, guys, it really gave us um, an experience. And we, we have created our memories. And so when I went to go pick up his property, you know, I had picked up all these books and stuff. And they are actually on a bookshelf. He has his own shelf. And um, every day, you know, I look at them and I'm like, I see why he said, you know, I'm going to always keep those books because it, it it's a memory. It de- it definitely gives me um wonderful memories with him and I hope that we will continue to read and and grow and learn and all that together. But yes guys, that is my update on my loving husband and my story of the day um the ethic effect the ethical effect guys seriously get the books i mean i'm not even getting paid for this but get the books they are really really good so that concludes story time guys thank you for joining me and we are in episode seven So on today's serious note facts, I wanted to tap in and do a little research about the risk of solitary confinement. As I stated earlier in the podcast, um, this is something that I um, kind of witnessed a little bit from my husband who has been on 23 a day. 23 hour a day lockdown for almost two months. And again, you know, I understand it from a place of just being logical. What could happen being somewhere for that long and how, you know, it can play tricks on your mind. So I wanted to dig in, do a little research and just really get an understanding of what really happens. Now, my husband by far is experiencing any of these things that I have researched and read about. But it also is gut-wrenching because I do not want my husband to experience any of the effects of what I have researched and found. 
And I want to, again, you know, share share this with you guys. As I stated, you know, every episode, I still want to bring some informative facts. So this article titled Psychologist Testifies on the Risk of Solitary Confinement, again, was published in October 2015. The nation's roughly 80,000 inmates in solitary confinement are at a grave risk of psychological harm. Craig Haney, PD, APA member and professor of psychology at University of California, Santa Cruz, told the Senate Judiciary Subcommittee on the Constitution, Civil Rights, and Human Rights. The conditions of confinement are far too severe to serve as any kind of penological purpose, he said. Haney, who was appointed this year to the National Academy of Science Committee, studying the causes and consequences of high rates of incarceration in the United States, has interviewed hundreds of prison staff, inmates, and toured and inspected dozens of U.S. prisons. At a June 19th hearing, he showed pictures to illustrate solitary confinement's harsh conditions including filthy cells that are scarcely large, larger than a king-sized bed, he said. As a result of the endless monotony and lack of human contact, for some prisoners, solitary confinement precipitates a descent into madness, depression, and paranoia, and some suffer hallucinations, he said. Former inmate Anthony Graves, who spent 18 years on death row, including 10 in solitary confinement for a murder he didn't commit, drove home Haney's point. I would watch guys come to prison totally sane, and in three years, they don't live in the real world anymore, he said. One fellow inmate, Graves said, would go out into the recreation yard get naked, lie down, and urine all over himself. He would take his feces and smear it all over his face. Graves, who was exonerated in 2010, said he still feels the effects of decades spent in solitary confinement. I haven't had a good night's sleep since my release, he said. I have mood swings that cause emotional breakdowns. Such long-term effects are common, Haney said. One of the very serious psychological consequences of solitary confinement is that it renders many people incapable of living anywhere else. Then, when prisoners are released into cells or back into society, they are often overwhelmed with anxiety. They actually get to the point where they become frightened of other human beings. Oh, wow, guys. Um, this is deep. This is, this is really, really deep. Um, I can remember watching, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of his name. I I think his last name is Broder. Um, the, the, the guy who was locked up in Rikers Island for like ever and he didn't do what they said he did. And he spent a couple of years just waiting to get a court date and when he finally got out 
he ended up hanging himself with the air conditioning unit in his window. But he really suffered. He really suffered a lot of hallucinations, a lot of paranoia. And I watched this documentary. I watched it years ago. And it's it's it just popped up on my screen about four nights ago on Netflix. So if you guys do have time, watch it. Um, Jay-Z was really advocating for him. Jay-Z, Ro- um, Rosie O'Donnell, a couple of people... Um, found out about his story and really advocated about him. I want to say he was on it. He did a couple of news um, segments and everything about what had happened to him. But sadly, he did end up committing suicide. And his mom really fought hard for him. She she actually um, was battling cancer. I want to say so. It was it was it was really a lot, guys. And um, as I was reading this article, it really made me think about him. And again, like I said, you know, this research was brought on by the past two days of, of even my husband kind of going through some things about just being in in confinement for 23 hours a day and coming out for 45 and it was it wasn't a good two days, but like I said, um, I wanted to I wanted to inf- get informed. I wanted to get a better understanding. I wanted to read so that I could at least on my end find a way to assist my husband in any way I can in those fifteen minutes a day that we talk. Whatever I can do. Because I'm just not understanding as much research that I've done, as much reading that I have done. I am still trying to understand where this is a solution. Um, especially the conditions. Now, this next article is from John Hopkins Magazine. It was published in 2015. I'm not going to read the entire article, but there's an inmate, Gabriel Eber, and he actually did time in East Mississippi Correctional Facility, which is a notoriously violent and chaotic men's prison um, with a lot of assaults on staff and inmate and inmate assaults are, are very frequent. He, at the time of this interview um, with the person who was actually doing this article, he had a video of a inmate that was in solitary confinement. And basically, the video just really showed that this guy was, was suffering from asthma. He had blood all over his hands and he ended up collapsing. Within the article, as he's explaining, you know, what's going on with the person in the video... Eber is basically breaking down about how the cells are infested with rats crawling over prisoners, um, how some inmates tie leashes to the rodents to sell them to the mentally ill as pets, um, how the, they're, they're, the, they're small, they're unsanitary, um, a lot of them self-mutilate, suicide attempts. He he goes deeper into explaining the conditions. He goes further into this video um, explaining the guy who is 
a 40-year-old African-American man um, hunched over with one hand splattered with blood. The man coughs. He shows signs of wheezing. He wobbles. He collapses. Blood shoots from his mouth. And prison medical staff are just watching. Within this article, he talks about the Constitution, domestic laws, um, international human rights principles. Um, He asserts that prison inmates should be guaranteed proper medical and mental health care and basic human decency. He says there's no jurisdiction for intentional abandonment so that medical symptoms and pre existing conditions go untreated or receive only small attention. He details other cases from the East Mississippi Correctional Facility. Um, They're all a part of a class action lawsuit that was filed in May 2013 in a U.S. District Court on behalf of 1,770 prisoners. According to the reports filed by the plaintiffs, and expert witnesses involved in the case, a 25-year-old inmate was not granted a timely access to a urologist following an abdominal ultrasound that showed a testicular mask, which later swelled to the size of a softball um, to his abdomen. Then you had a 64-year-old patient with untreated diabetes reported losing his vision and has not, as far as Eber knows, received any evaluation or referral to a specialist. A 43-year-old black man with a severe heart condition recently died in isolation cell. Um, His symptoms was documented by an expert witness, indicated that his cardiac function was deteriorating he spent several months in the medical observation unit but when but then he was discharged to go back into isolation where he died a month later two days before his death he set fire to his cell apparently in a desperate effort to get help he had earlier been found putting a rope around his neck and he'd been cutting himself in a dated and time stamp note in his chart, a registered nurse listed his vital signs as stable and said he was in no acute distress. At that point, however, the man had been dead for 10 hours. Um, as I stated, this article gets very, very deep. Um, it is describing a lot, a lot of guys who were gone untreated and the result some ended in death and again as I read this it it makes me very emotional um, because again I personally experienced something with my dad who had a tooth pulled in, in, in prison and um some of the tooth was left in his mouth and he complained about it. It was irritating him. It was hurting him and it ended up getting infected and it caused him septic shock. Septic shock gets into your bloodstream and it poisons 
your blood, your blood and your poisonous blood, which as we know, travels to certain organs. And at that point, there's really nothing that can be done. Um, and again, this, this, this comes from something that happened. He complained about it, didn't get the proper attention that, that he needed. And when he did, it was because he was transferred to a hospital where my dad within a week died. So this journey, you know, this journey has become very eye opening for me. And sometimes I wonder if, as they say, things happen for a reason. Um, I was never emotionally strong enough to fight for my dad and do all the things that um, now I regret that I did not try to do after he passed away. And for whatever reason, I'm here today. I'm here today on this journey. I'm here today using this platform because not only do I want to talk about my husband and amazing love that we have and the marriage that we share, um, there's a lot of layers. There is a lot of layers to this entire situation. And I am going to speak on it on every level that I can. No matter what, who, or anything. I am going to give it to you um, as it comes to me. I am going to share with you everything that I learned. And I just hope that I am giving some kind of purpose to someone out there that's possibly going through what I'm going through. Um, afraid, scared, um, confused, you know, paranoid, you know, not, not fully informed, you know, from the legal side, from the medical side, just everything, you know, and I, I want to share as much as I can with you. Um, and that's why I also am opening up discussions that I can, um, have and share with you guys once my website is completed. But again, guys, this is something that I really wanted to um, talk about today. And um, it is, it's, it's very disheartening. It's very disheartening to say the least. And I'm, again, I pray for anyone out there whose loved ones is incarcerated, who's, you know, just, just going through it, dealing with it. Uh, the effects of it, as I stated before, is not just the inmates. It's not just, just the inmates that just, that goes through this. So my prayers go out to everybody. Again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode seven. I hope I did my job here today. Um, I hope you enjoyed this show. And again, if you have any comments or any questions or anything if you want to give me different articles to read i am so open to that i really want to understand more so again guys thank you so much this last part got a bit heavy um for me so excuse me i'm i know i'm kind of i'm struggling to, to get the words out here 
um because it 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 has put me into um a different headspace so again thank you guys so much for tuning in you have no idea how much i appreciate you again this is episode seven and thank you wetlock podcast is now available on apple spotify google podcast anchor fm and iheart radio you can also find updated episodes, discussion forms, contact information on the website, wetlockchroniclespodcast.com. Well, guys, this concludes our episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you were entertained. And most of all, I hope you will continue this journey with me. Be sure to hit the subscribe button, guys. As I stated in my previous episodes, as I continue this journey, I will get better. I promise to bring you good content to keep you entertained. Make sure to follow the show's social media. Instagram is Wetlock Chronicles Podcast. Twitter is Wetlock Podcast. If you want to submit questions, advice, or comment on the show, hit the message link in the show's description and I will respond on my bonus episode on Fridays. For brand promotions, if you want to join in on an episode, share a story, spread some knowledge, please email me. Please email me at wetlockchroniclespodcast at gmail.com. Chronicles podcast at gmail.com thank you guys for tuning in thank you guys for being on this journey with me i look forward to bringing you my next episode so please stay safe stay blessed and welcome to wetlock